Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, we got Justin Holmes. He is the VP of Growth at Seven Shifts. This is a cool conversation. We talk about really how to clearly communicate your values and turn everyone in your company into really an evangelist and a product evangelist and a marketer and how that was needed throughout COVID when crisis hit. We also talk about how to mitigate risk, how to extend your runway when you're in times of crisis. So it was a powerful conversation, a lot of lessons in here. I think for anyone who's aspiring to be an executive, this is definitely the episode for you. But before we get into it, as always, the show is brought to you by Cave Social. We are a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that can help you grow with social media. So if you're feeling stuck on social, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us. We'd love to help you out. All right, let's get into this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Joining me on the show today is Justin Holmes. He is the VP of Growth at Seven Shifts. Justin, how you doing? Pretty good. Nice. So for listeners who don't know, which would be the majority of you. I actually went to university with Justin. He played on the basketball team at our university. I played on the football team, but a lot of friends in common. So it's cool to reconnect in this space for sure. Now, before we get into seven shifts, what you all are doing from a company perspective, and then your role really as VP of growth, I want to pass the mic to you and let you tell the story. Really, how did you find your way to this role? Yeah, talk through your experience. Tell us your story and how you got there. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I've always had uh, an interest in in growing companies. When I was going into university, no one really ever taught me how to play basketball. And the first camp I went to was in the States. So sort of triggered the first entrepreneurial thought in my head of, let me start a basketball camp in, in Toronto. And it was mostly started as a not-for-profit, help kids learn how to play from a young age. And um, the camp was still running up until COVID, which which was great. And that was my first foray into it. And in running the, the camp, I got to know all of the B2B softwares that you need to use from setting up a site to marketing to your customers to you know how do you actually get people in the door? How do you hire staff? So that was this really fascinating experience that I had. I'd worked a couple of years and, and went back and did an MBA and then met the founder of a company called Nix uh, here in Toronto. And she was brilliant. It was awesome. Uh, they were pretty early on in, in their life cycle. And so I joined them out of my MBA program. And that's really where I got the opportunity to try to grow a business on a much bigger scale, not just a local basketball camp, but you know an international brand of clothing in the direct consumer space. And just sort of like started off doing a little bit of marketing stuff and then got super interested in how everything else in the business works. You know, If we don't have inventory, it doesn't matter how good we are are at marketing. And if we don't have good support and shipping, it doesn't matter how good we are at marketing because you don't have the inventory, you can't sell it. You're not good on the other side of the business and your customers are going to never come back to you. So I was there for about three years and we scaled up from about uh, a few hundred K a month in revenue to 3 million a month in revenue when I left. And, and the company's still thriving because it has a great founder and has a great product. During that journey, I met Jordan, who is the founder of Seven Shifts. And I'd always been really interested in joining the B2B space. It was a bit closer to my heart, given what I had started in university and seeing the softwares and how they could really help sort of like the mom and pop entrepreneurs. And that's exactly what Jordan was doing in the restaurant space, helping people manage their labor a lot more efficiently and really helping their businesses succeed. So you know, really after 
after learning a ton at Mix and having a great experience there, I decided to kind of take on a role in the B2B space, which I originally joined just as the VP of marketing at Seven Shifts. And similar to my experience as Nix is, you know, was fascinated in how the rest of the customer lifecycle was handled and, you know, just kept getting more involved with the other departments. Uh, and then today as the VP of growth, I oversee marketing partnerships, sales, success, and support. So really all the ways that we drive customers to Seven Shifts how we then acquire those customers and how we're going to retain and expand those customers. Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit about the journey of kind of how I got to where I am today. Interesting. And, you know, now in your current position, right, you're really in that bird's eye view, looking at how all of the pieces have to work together. Do you have that callback then to times at Nick's when it like opened your eyes to like, oh, like what you said, if we don't have product, it doesn't matter how good and how pretty our marketing is and what our cost per click is, is if it's going to take us three months to ship, it doesn't matter. Does it, Are those callbacks frequent to like, okay, now when you're in this position, seeing that you have to put all those pieces together? Yeah, for sure. I think when I sounds a bit silly, but you know, I think when we first realized it was when we were really figuring out Facebook ads at Nix and we were scaling up really quickly and we got super excited. And then, you know, six, six, seven people in the company and we sat down and looked at, you know, the inventory plan and what we had left and realized that like, well, we can't spend money because we're just going to run out of inventory. So, you know, that was really where I think that was the first trigger of, okay, we're growing quick. We have a really great business and great product, but if we're sort of too much in the weeds and we're only thinking about one part of the business, then the business is going to break. So how do we kind of start thinking a bit more higher level. And, you know, definitely when you're a small company, you're playing that player coach role. And for us, it was really important to, you know, led to a bit of extra hours, which were totally worth it of like, once we were done kind of the, or myself and some of the other folks, once we were done that player role, we had to then step out of it and understand like, okay, strategically, how does everything plug in? You know, if we didn't have the money or if we weren't big enough yet to have, you know, oh, I'm going to do strategy and someone else is going to do the execution. How could you straddle both and figure out the sort of missing pieces of that puzzle? Um, and so, you know, I think that having that experience really operating at a, at a high degree recently in my career has been helpful that um, now that I'm in more of a role and as Nick's grew, you know, it also um, transformed a little bit as well, but in more of the role of understanding how the pieces connect and that, you know, if the marketing team is doing something really good, but we don't have enough salespeople or we don't have an outreach sequence to deal with a new channel or a new marketing initiative, then the great work that the marketing team is going to do will fall flat. So really trying to have those teams be really close to each other and understand, you know, it's, it is easy to call back to remember the different times that we broke things. So anytime we have something new, we have to make sure that it works across all the teams. Yeah, you really got to have that emphasis on alignment. Now, what I find really interesting, right? Seven shifts, you are a software that helps restaurants schedule employees, right? Long and short. Now, you talked a little bit there about stepping out of the weeds and having this player coach mentality. There's a couple things that I think are interesting when we look at startups, right? And one, you got burn rate. We have to X amount of cash. How long are we going to survive with it till we hit our particular growth metrics and hit our next round? Two, you had in this particular case, you know, a tool that was directly hit by COVID, right? And then now you have, we're on the tail end, we hope, of COVID and we're looking into the future. How did you balance growth and tactics that maybe you had to do that were COVID specific and then still keep in your mind, okay, there are some long-term strategic things we want to do. Restaurants will open up again in the future, all coupled in with, hey, we have X amount of cash. What were those some of those challenges like? Yes. Yeah, so, so particularly with being in you know very affected industry that restaurants aren't staffing as many people anymore. And restaurants just in general, we're trying to save as many costs. And yeah, venture back companies. So we had a limited amount of cash. The first thing we had to do was take a look at how do we extend our runway as far as possible while still being able to service our customers. You know, at the moment COVID hit, 
what growth looked like was so up in the air. So the first step was for us to take a really hard look at the company. And, and obviously one of the, well, definitely the most difficult thing I've ever gone through in my career was just, we had to furlough about 25% of our staff and really making the decision of if we're going to do this, we can't do this twice. We have to do it once. So how deep do we have to cut? And yeah, that was just a really like horrible day, obviously for everybody involved, you know, specifically the folks who were, who were furloughed. Luckily, you know, the majority of those folks have been brought back now. So the first step was to just get control on cash and then also work with the board to say, Hey, you know, if this is prolonged, what kind of support do we have? What kind of belief do we have from the board? What types of finance? financing can we get if we need to get it? So first step was extend the amount of cash we had as long as possible, ensure that there is secondary financing if we need it. Um, And then from there, it was okay, looking at the industry and looking at where we're placed, are there new features within our product that we can build? So, you know, knowing that our tool is used incredibly well for communication, we knew that restaurants were still going to be open for some way, shape and form to communicate with their staff, whether it was for delivery or takeout. And then, you know, as things started to come back online, health checks was a big thing. The product team did an awesome job of building health checks into the system so they could keep track of their employees and make sure that, you know, they were sort of attesting that, you know, they, they didn't have symptoms and they didn't have anything like that. And it helped them be compliant with new government regulations that were coming out. We took a hard look at can we build other features? Can we build a delivery feature? Can we do any of these things? And we just determined that it was better for us to partner with softwares who did that. So we also switched up and we started helping to sort of resell software for delivery and takeout. And, you know, we really, we scrambled. We got the whole company, you know, who were able to jump in and sort of shift their mindset and say like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a marketer, I'm a salesperson, or I'm a support person. My job is to, you know, support the restaurant industry at this time. How can we do that best for our clients? So that's really what we did in the, in the short term. Um, and then, you know, after a few months, we did see that there were restaurants who did need a way to communicate with their staff and still wanted to use a scheduler. So we were seeing, you know, slight acquisition. So we just tried to work with our customers to make it as easy on them as possible and look at what was happening in the market to understand, okay, now that we're getting a bit more, we can spend a bit more on marketing. We can bring back a few salespeople and we can focus again on growth. But the impact was big. There's no question. Like our, we grew half of what we thought we were going to grow in 2020, which still we were amazed at the end when we were still able to grow. Uh, restaurants were still operating unlike you know some travel and, and hotels and stuff who probably were hit a little bit harder but yeah definitely had a big impact on on the business at the end of the day you know it's interesting right in these times some people I've had on the show there's there's some constants and I think you hit two really on the head there which is mitigating risk on the back end when you're in these positions and then two clear communication both with consumers and staff there's something that's such a nugget here from a, and if anyone who didn't go to business school or hasn't kept up with it, you know Harvard Business Review or hasn't heard any of the podcasts on this stuff if you have to do layoffs you want to make sure you do it once and cuz two times you're going to lose the faith of your staff and you're going to start to bleed staff uh, normally they're going to start looking for other jobs where if you have to do it one time and one time only and say hey this is the one we're making and we're all aboard and we're going to write this ship or we're going to you know we're going to push forward it just from keeping morale up over the long term i think that's huge two you said something really big there which was like okay so how much you know how can we extend our runway mitigate our risks mitigate costs, all these things to how do we communicate, right? We're going to be this communication tool for restaurants. Well, how do we communicate internally? How do we turn our engineers into product evangelists that can go out? And I think that that comes back to having strong internal culture and being able to say like, we're going to push through and survive, right? Like I always say, sometimes startups need to take on the mentality of like being a cockroach. And this sounds bad, but it's like, you have to be able to survive. 
Like when that bomb drops, can you make it through and come out of the rubble and start to rebuild and having that mentality just because we've seen it over the last decade and even before so many startups come on and they have horrible cash control. They're spending lavishly on things. Then suddenly they have a down round and then suddenly they no longer exist. And you're just like, oh, that could have been avoided if there was like clearer comms, better structure in place, understanding of your customer lifecycle, understanding of what's actually going to drive revenue, what our important metrics are. I think all of those things are super important, but easy to lose sight of, especially in times of crisis. And there's no other way to define COVID-19 as a worldwide crisis. But I think that that's so huge. So I want to kind of shift a little bit now. And we're looking post you know, COVID. And what does that communication to your team look like moving forward? with regards to OKRs or looking at where the, the vision is, what, what is that picture like? Yeah, so for us, one of the great things that Seven Shifts had established early on was a really strong operating framework. Um, and it's basically just an operating system. The one we use is called Entrepreneurship Operating System. We've made a few tweaks to it, but we didn't ever switch away from the way that we you know, meet on a regular basis, the way we review scorecards and the way we set yearly themes and quarterly rocks. During during COVID, the change was is instead of quarterly rocks, we did monthly. And we we did a bit more communication with the team. So instead of weekly team meetings, we had those, but we did weekly department meetings as well, just to keep everybody on the same page. So I would say we increased the level of communication. You mentioned that a little bit. And then as we kind of got back to more of, I would say, a, a normal sort of not as chaotic time where we were seeing a bit more consistent month over month growth, you know, we went back there. So really for a while, I would say for about five months, even six months, our our sort of theme was you know, support the restaurant industry. And then now that we've moved out of it, we're or not, you know, it's not, we're not completely out of it, but now that things are growing a little bit more like they were before, we've moved back to kind of our yearly business goals, you know, which for us is to continue to deliver value in scheduling and beyond. So, you know, to continue to offer more products, um, to continue to add more value to the restaurant operators on a daily basis. So that's sort of, that was the really the only shift. We still use the same framework, but the goals were a bit more around growth oriented versus, you know, hey, don't worry about the numbers in terms of like hitting month over month growth numbers, let's support the industry and, and do what we can right now. So now we're back to, you know, we have specific targets and, and every quarter, you know, we have measurables we have to hit along with OKRs for each of the departments. So that's really the big shift was was just back to like, okay, now we got these aggressive venture back growth targets that we want to hit because we want to be a great company and and let's go back and let's figure out how we do that in this environment. I, I like that, right? That you, you got to the core of it there. When things got stripped down and it got tough, it was how do we support the restaurant industry, which at the end of it is ultimately, right, the mission of your company is even when you have these growth numbers, the growth numbers, really what you're saying is we want to help more restaurants. And if we can do that, we're going to help this industry as a whole, you know, save time, save money, operate more efficiently, all of those things. So I think that it's interesting to see that in that time of crisis, almost the true, you know, the, the company spine was there and you could see it and you guys stood up and said, no, we're going to support this industry. So I love hearing that because I think it could be easy to go a different way. So that, that's super cool, man. Now, before I let you go, let people know where they can learn more about Seven Shifts and connect with you online. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, if you want to learn more about Seven Shifts, just visit sevenshifts.com. Uh, you know, our goal is to simplify labor management and improve the performance of restaurants. So all our information can be fine there. If you want to connect with me, uh, just Justin Holmes on LinkedIn. I don't even know what my LinkedIn actual handle is, <laughs> but you can also email me directly, justin.holmes at sevenshifts.com. Uh, always happy to chat and sort of connect with other marketers, learn what they've learned and try to share what I've learned and see if there's an opportunity for collaboration. Awesome. Justin, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. 
Cool. Thanks, Jordan. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time. Oh,